0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Here in Apologetics. Super pumped to join us today to have Emerson Green. We're gonna be talking about all things epistemology. Uh, if you know this channel, I'm sure you know Emerson. I've like done talks with Emerson, we've debated Emerson, we've had like response videos. That re- we've just done like everything. Um, and we're gonna talk about epistemology today. Um, as always, this podcast is brought to you guys over at Patreon.com. Such so as Here in Apologetics. Uh, so if you value what we can do, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, and that'd be huge. But Emerson, what's up? How are you?
1: i'm good thank you for having me back
0: yeah for sure i felt like it like been a while since i had some like emerson green in my life so i was like i need to like get things rolling again so yeah um today we're gonna talk about like epistemology and whatnot so maybe do you want to just start off and talk about like a little bit about like what you're doing and like how your interest is kind of like peaked in this topic a little bit more now
1: yeah so i started um trying to intentionally get more into epistemology like i'd always kind of you know been exposed to it through philosophy of religion um just like bits and pieces of it but never really like read a book about epistemology so i i read this paper that someone recommended to me called compassionate phenomenal conservatism by michael humer and um i read the paper and then i had michael humer on the channel and i just kind of asked him a bunch of questions questions and um then i got one of his but well actually maybe i'm mixing up the order here but at some point i got one of his books um like uh it's like an intro philosophy book and there was more epistemology stuff in there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't pretend to be like, you know, the epistemology understander, and I'm here to explain it to, you know, all these dummies out here. Like, no, I'm just interested in it and I'm reading about it. And humor also just came out with a new book called understanding knowledge. And me and the non-alchemist actually have been like working through it in like a book club kind of thing. Um, and as I was reading it, I just started noticing that there were all kinds of, um, you know, like all kinds of things about epistemology that are just totally in conflict with what you will glean from watching The Atheist Experience or, you know, any number of those kinds of Colin shows or like just watching atheist YouTube channels. Um, with the exception, increasingly, of like uh, Cosmic Skeptic and Rationality Rules, who both seem to be on like a similar journey as me, like, at least with respect to philosophy of religion, like starting out kind of new atheisty and then becoming more and more like sucked in by philosophy of religion. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just started with, I was like, I have to like, try, I have to like read a paper or something or a book or something about epistemology and not just, it's always just like incidental, you know, to these other things I'm reading about. Um, so yeah, I just wanted more worked out views. And I've been reading this book uh, by humor, understanding knowledge. And uh, yeah, I just, like I said, I started noticing that there were all these things that came into conflict with what you'll hear from, you know, I don't know, Matt Dillahunty or someone, just to pick a random example of someone who's like pretty consistently wrong about epistemology. So anyway, I decided to like make a few episodes um, about epistemology generally, but also some that were like specifically directed at the atheist community. Like here are a bunch of mistakes that I constantly see. Um, So I came up with like five of them and um, the episodes are out on counter apologetics um, as of like today. I think the last one in the series just came out, but I'm going to put it all together in like a video and it should be on YouTube in the next couple of weeks. I don't know when this is going up, but um, a couple of weeks from right now.
0: Mm-hmm. So right now we're filming in like mid June. I don't know when this will come out. July, okay. August, at some point, and we'll make sure those videos get like put in the description or so. I don't know. I'll do something. Maybe I'll just like cool. scream from like my rooftop. Emerson Green has like these yeah. videos on epistemology. Put up flyers. Channel. There we go. <laughs> um, but I guess to start off, like let's just think about like first off, like what is epistemology? In case people are like, "Oh, that's a big scary word," and like how is it relevant to like atheism and like theism and like this debate that we're talking about today?
1: Um, epistemology is just the branch of philosophy that has to do with knowledge and justification like you know if we have them and like if we do have them then how is it that we have justification for our beliefs and like do we actually know anything um you know so this is the branch of philosophy that talks about like testimony and sense experience and um you know just like uh yeah it just like really puts a microscope on justification and and knowledge and our beliefs and whether they're rational and and that sort of thing so i I actually remember like learning about apologetics um way back when and this was like the first thing that really caught my attention or i'm like there's like a name for just thinking about (laughs) like you know like whether it's rational to believe things like you know i was not exposed to philosophy you know a lot you know i guess like most people but um I was just really excited i was like i can't believe there's like a whole branch of study just (laughs) about this um but yeah that's basically what it is you know it kind of orbits around those concepts like knowledge and justification and you know just how we you know like how rational our beliefs are and um all the stuff that comes with that
0: Hmm. so it's like relevant in this like the debate about like God or no God or whatnot, because like all these tools are going to help us figure out like, Oh, is there evidence for God? Or like, can we prove God? Can we disprove God? Like, uh, is there evidence against God? Like all these like other kind of interesting questions.
1: Yeah. People make claims about epistemology all the time. Like you can't prove a negative, you know, which is not the case. Um, Or (laughs) like, you know, theism is unfalsifiable or there's no evidence for God or, um, uh, what are some, like intuition is meaningless or worthless epistemically or like, you know, claims aren't evidence. Um, There's, you know, you hear things like th- these are all claims basically about epistemology or that like fall within the purview of epistemology.
0: Mm, okay, well, let's just start like getting into these and thinking about these. Um, So let's think about like the idea that like there's just like no evidence for theism. I mean, oh, I've heard this so many times. <laughs> like we're like, oh, there's no evidence for God. Da, 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 da. Um, What's your thoughts on it?
1: Well, philosophers seem to have a pretty permissive idea of what counts as evidence. So, like, evidence is just anything that makes a statement more likely to be true. So, like, if you've got a hypothesis and you've got a piece of evidence, if the probability of that hypothesis goes up at all as a consequence of, like, you know, conditionalizing on that evidence, then that's evidence for the hypothesis. So, like, if anything, you know, like, if you, you know, just to put it in more, like, plain language it's like you know is there any feature of reality that makes slightly more sense on theism than on atheism so like that feature like that fact about the world that would count as evidence for theism because it makes more sense on theism than on atheism um yeah so it's it's also like the notion of evidence is also tied up with the notion of justification um like whether it makes sense to believe this you know like so you've got some proposition like are you justified in believing that is there evidence for it does it make sense to believe that um, given what you know about the world. But yeah, it's like the idea that there's no evidence for theism is pretty implausible when you just, uh, you know, deal with that very basic notion of evidence, just like anything that makes a statement more likely to be true. It's like, okay, well, is there even one fact about the world that makes maybe a little bit more sense given theism than given atheism? Um, yeah, I would say that there are a few. So like, it also goes the other way i mean i you know you could make an episode or a series like the one that i did you know directed at theists who often make the same kinds of mistakes just in the other direction like there is evidence for atheism even if you think atheism is false like um there is evidence for things that are not true (laughs) so like Mm -hmm. i don't think theism is true but i think there's evidence for it um you know like i don't think that aliens are abducting people and you know, performing experiments on them, but there is some evidence for that. It's weak evidence, you know, it's bad evidence, but just to say there's no evidence is just, like, I can't, the only thing I can really assume is that the people who are saying that just have no, like, theory of what they're doing. They have, like, no, like, consistent notion of evidence that doesn't just immediately fall apart on scrutiny, you know. Like, I think a lot of them are probably working with some kind of scientistic assumption like, oh, the only evidence that counts is like this narrowly defined kind of scientific evidence. But I I mean, like, again, it's the kind of thing that's so easy to pick apart that, you know, if you if even if you just say that out loud, a lot of people will back up and be like, oh no, actually, that's not what I meant. Um, (laughs) uh, Because it's like, it's so easy to think of counterexamples where you have like non-scientific evidence for something you know like if if the only evidence that counts is scientific evidence then virtually every conviction in history has been a wrongful conviction because <laughs> there's been like mm-hmm. no evidence for it um but yeah i mean evidence it's like there are so many there are so many confused ideas about evidence that you don't really know what to grab onto first like it's almost like it'd be easier to like talk to somebody who's like a i don't know like a faithful viewer of the atheist experience or something and just be like, okay, let's try to work out exactly what you think evidence is. Um, because, you know, like Matt Dillahunty just made this video recently about claims aren't evidence, um, defending that um, idea. And, you know, there were just all kinds of random things strewn throughout where it's like, that that's wrong. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, he said, evidence can't be supportive of multiple hypotheses. Like, evidence can only, like, some fact about the world can only be evidence for one hypothesis it can't be equally good support for multiple hypotheses or like pretty good support for this hypothesis and like not so good support for that hypothesis it's like that just makes no sense like the idea that like Mm -hmm. you just isolate some fact about the world and it is like only evidence for one theory or it can only be evidence for one theory um just very strange and then like I said, there's this more common idea that like if something is true, then there's evidence for it, and if something is false, there's no evidence for it. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's it's not hard to see, at least from where I'm standing, that that's that's not true. Like evidential support happens all over the place. There are, mm-hmm. there are there's all kinds of evidence for stuff that you and I would agree is not even true. You know, but if we're just going with um, you know evidence is just anything that makes a statement more likely to be true then yeah their evidential support happens all over the place there's not strong evidence for for all kinds of things um but weak evidence is evidence too it's you know it's mm-hmm. just weak um but yeah there there is um evidential support for theism and i can say that as an atheist because i think there's stronger evidence against theism you know evidence is not proof like you know there can be evidence for a hypothesis that doesn't imply anything. It doesn't imply anything about the overall reasonableness of a hypothesis. So you can think that, you can even think that theism is like silly. You can think that it's like the craziest idea, Like, <laughs> but you can still grant that there's some evidence for it. Um, because I, I just don't know what conception of evidence you're really working with if you say there's no evidence for theism. If you want to clarify and say like, oh, there's no good evidence for theism. It's like okay, well, then just say that. <laughs> like because mm-hmm. that's a pretty important qualifier. You know, it's one word and it's a qualification and it changes the meaning of the sentence. So just say that. There's no good evidence for theism if that's what you mean. But a lot of atheists literally mean there is like zero evidence for theism. Um but no, I think there are I think there are a non <laughs> there's a non-zero number of facts that makes more sense on theism than on atheism.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting trying to figure out like what does someone mean by evidence? Because I think that's when you get this whole like debate, Emerson, like, cause you have like people that like maybe in like the atheist experience crowd that might be like, hey, like evidence is something that's like, like I've heard, like it's Jordan, like repeatable, testable, uh, like kind of like what you get in a laboratory. um, And that's the only thing they'll work with. And you have other people where it's looking at things like there's other fields that can count as evidence, like testimony or intuition these other ideas that like, maybe like someone has an intuition that God exists. And it seems like to me, like that would be evidence maybe that God exists, even if it's like very, very like little evidence, um, in the grand scheme of things. And like, we kind of have to be almost like, okay, with the idea that like, there is evidence for the other side. Like I'm fine saying that there's evidence for atheism, obviously I think it's outweighed by the evidence for theism, but I mean, that's just the nature of the debate.
1: Yeah, no, you, you can say. That there's evidence for atheism i mean it would be ridiculous to say there's no evidence for atheism like again like just in reverse like there's not one fact about the world that makes slightly more sense on the idea there's not a god um you know like i can think of a couple (laughs) so um you know yeah i I don't really think that i guess the reason this bothers me is because a lot of online atheists like present themselves as like the rational adults in the room and like Mm -hmm. that's kind of why this gets to me because a lot of people are wrong on the internet it's not <laughs> my job to, f- to fix everything that i see <laughs> it's like oh no people are being <laughs> wrong on the internet i need to go do something about that but like the reason this one bothers me is because you know i've been defending atheism you know publicly for a while and i think that um there's just something that's annoying about like a group of people who are like yeah we're the smart ones we live in the kingdom of reason And then they just get like basic things about epistemology totally wrong. Like it is painfully obvious that Matt Dillahunty has not read like anything ever about epistemology or if he did it, he didn't retain it or something like it's like the mistakes he makes are are not excusable given the platform he has. And like given the influence he has, I think he's like totally irresponsible with his platform. Um, It actually bothers me a lot. Like I've got no sympathy for him. Like he has a video about, you know, claims aren't there are multiple videos about you know the whole idea that claims aren't evidence and um one of them has like more than two hundred thousand views and it's like the, the like claims aren't evidence is like it's either so trivially true that i actually don't know if anyone has ever denied it or it is so confusingly wrong that you should be disqualified from speaking for like two weeks or something because Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's one of those two it is either like so trivial that nobody makes the mistake that he is talking about or it's like it's wrong and it's i don't know why so many people want to die on that hill because there are so many obvious counterexamples. um but a huge problem with with dillahunty and sort of with the people in that world is like i don't think they write anything like i don't think they uh like write out, like a lot of their stuff is obviously like kind of live, I guess. And Mm -hmm. if you just turn on the camera and start talking, there are just things that you won't notice about your own position. Like your position might be inconsistent internally, and you just might not notice it until you actually write out an argument, you know, and then you'll see like there are all these missing steps or there are things that are like inconsistent with each other. And a lot of that can only come if you write about it. So for me, writing is like an important part of thinking about something. You know like i'm not just writing to like help other people or like communicate something like no it's mostly for me it's mostly to like help me work out my thoughts about things um and i often end up with a different position you know than when i started uh because just writing itself like helps you get clear on a lot of things and i think a lot of these people they never write they just hit record and start talking and um i mean i think that's you know because his claims the reason i've said all that is because claims aren't evidence is not even like well defined like i don't even know what he's saying it, it's kind of like if you take the whole of all the things that have been put out there it's incoherent like he says mm-hmm. different things at different times when it suits him um because at first you think it, you think what is being said is testimonial evidence is not really evidence you know like especially because the whole claims aren't evidence thing Like it came about in the context of the 500 eyewitnesses, I guess. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that debate, but that's what I've been told. It was like a resurrection debate. And then Dillahunty was like, oh, you know, you've got no physical evidence. All you've got are claims. Um, You've got like the claim that people saw Jesus and the claim that he rose from the dead. But you don't have any evidence. And then I guess that's just where this started. And if you think about it specifically with regard to the 500, it's like, that could be a very reasonable point that you're making you know like Mm -hmm. having like a guy says 500 people saw something that is different than having 500 independent eyewitness reports but that is definitely not what he was saying (laughs) like that Mm -hmm. would be a reasonable point to be making but i'm pretty sure that's not what he was saying and um he's gone to just like he he and his followers I'm i'm just picking on him in particular but it's like this represents a ton of atheists you know they have just gone on to like reify this idea like until it's like an epistemic principle or something and I guess you know that's why it's frustrating to me because there are so many really obvious counterexamples and it's not even clear what he means he conflates the idea of a proposition and a claim Um, again this is the kind of thing that you would this is not the kind of mistake you would make if you read anything about epistemology Um, and the spirit of it seems to be like testimonial claims don't count as evidential support but when i asked him directly like is that what this means and many atheists told me that's exactly what it means and then matt dillahunty goes no that's not what it means and i'm like well then i don't know what you're saying like i don't know what this is even intended to communicate you know um so i've like in this um series i talked about the idea that testimony isn't evidence, you know, it's just epistemically worthless. So I can talk about that, but the claims aren't evidence thing. I don't even know what to say. Like, you know, Trent Mm -hmm. Horn made a good video about it, but I actually did like too much research on the claims aren't evidence thing. And because of its incoherence, it was just kind of like demoralizing. And I just like couldn't finish the episode I was trying to make about it because I'm like, I'm trying to like make sense of a guy who doesn't even have like a coherent position and who will never admit he's wrong about this, you know, like he's just gonna keep doubling d- down over and over and over again. And like, it, you know, I, I was just kind of like demoralized about it, I'm like, who mm-hmm. cares? And then Trent Horn came out with a video about it and I'm like, okay, I'm glad someone did it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about claims aren't, ev- well, I mean, I guess that's not true, but I, I don't know what else to say about it until I have something clearer to really grab onto um, but I can talk about the idea that testimony is not evidence. Cause I know what mm-hmm. that is, at least I know what the claim is, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, maybe let's just like break down, like testimony doesn't count as evidence then, cause if we're thinking about evidence is like just something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. Um, and someone wants to say that like testimony is an evidence, like, what are your thoughts? Can testimony, does it just mean that testimony can't make a proposition more true or more likely to be false?
1: yeah it's it's totally bizarre i don't understand how this thought has a half-life of longer than like 30 seconds in the minds of people because you just think about what do i know based on testimony oh almost everything <laughs> like <laughs> i mean testimony is like if you think about okay what what is testimony testimony is when other people tell you things that's it you know so it's like no you can't trust other people telling you things it's like that sounds like it would be like a mental disorder if someone actually mm-hmm. just like didn't trust anything that other people were saying. And like, that doesn't count as evidence. I don't, you know, like, I don't take it. I don't even factor it in when other people tell me things. It's like, you know, I mean, you can just give trivial examples like I have a headache and it's like, well, you you can't observe my mental states, you know, like- Same for
0: evidence, Emerson, you don't have a headache.
1: I, I'm agnostic. I, you know, I, <laughs> I I lack any belief about your headaches, you know? And it's like, no, if if someone says to me, you know, I've got a headache and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like, I mean, there's all kinds of background knowledge that could make me think, oh, they're lying or, you know, any number of things. But I'm saying all else equal. If someone says I've got a headache, well, then that is evidence. You know, it's not proof, but it's evidence that they have a headache. So, like, you know it makes it more likely to be the case that they have a headache if they just, you know, in good faith, like I said, I'm kind of stipulating that there aren't any um, like background considerations that might make me think they're lying for some reason. Um, You know, if someone reports to me some, you know, a truth about an unseen reality, you know, um, their mental states, then how is that not evident? Like, how is that not like some Mm -hmm. evidential support for the fact that they have a headache? Um, Or if you think like, um three p this is an example that trent horn gave in the claims aren't evidence video like if three independent eyewitnesses say hey zach uh ran to the playground and started flashing people like oh my gosh she's a menace we have to you know we have to charge him with something it's like the fact that three different eyewitnesses claim to have you know seen you doing that like that is evident like that would be something that could probably get you convicted, you know, and mm-hmm. like <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, um, so I-, I guess on their view, in order to be consistent, they'd have to say that was like a wrongful conviction. If you've got mm-hmm. like three independent eyewitnesses who are saying that they saw you do this thing, um, then like that—that's zero evidence, you know. It doesn't count at all. So it's like, um, a, a lot of uh, you know, convictions are based on. The testimony of other people and you know they're quick a lot of skeptics are quick to point out that testimony is not infallible and it's like yeah I I mean our senses aren't infallible like our senses are fallible scientific instruments are fallible Um, consensus of experts that's a fallible way of figuring out what's true Um, come to think of it pretty much everything is fallible so Mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense just to point out that something's not infallible and say well it's epistemically worthless now Um, so I think that, uh, people fail to appreciate how much of their knowledge is based on testimony. And it's not like these are plausible conjectures, you know, like, oh, I guess I, I lean in favor of the idea that Japan is a country. Um, you know, like, I, I, I guess I lean in favor of the idea that, um, the U S originated from rebellious British colonies. It's like, no, that you have no doubt about those things. And if someone expressed doubt about it you would think they were crazy you know but if you try to really retrace your steps here basically with like all historical knowledge or nearly all of it it comes down to claims okay so like anything that you think you know about the past is going to be based on the claims of others um yeah it's uh i mean i'm just trying to think of uh of other examples like yeah you know from history but like you i mean it's it's most historical knowledge, isn't it? Like, Mm -hmm. most of your beliefs about history would not be justified if claims don't even count as evidence. But it's also scientific knowledge as well. Like the idea that, you know, things are made of atoms, like, you know, tables are made of atoms, or that like, the stars that we see aren't just little points of light, they're actually, you know, like distant suns. Okay, I did not figure that out myself. Okay, I was told that. And then like, and, and probably those people were told it as well, like, I didn't conduct a whole uh i mean actually i don't know i just realized i've never conducted any scientific experiments so like basically all of my scientific knowledge is based on testimony and it's nice because like you know in theory i could go out and test it myself but um, i'm not going to do that and nobody really does that um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's like we do okay so like without testimony practically none of our current beliefs would be justified um, scientific knowledge, historical knowledge, just mundane facts, you know, and again, it's not to say that testimony is infallible, it's not, it's not to say that testimony is proof, it's not, but it is not, it is certainly not evidentially worthless, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so regardless, I mean, there are different ways of making that work, like how is it that we give so much weight to testimonial evidence, because um, like I said, it's not just like, oh, I, you know, I guess I lean in favor of of the idea that the u.s originated in um, rebellious british colonies like no i feel like i know that i have knowledge of that fact and then when you realize that I, i only think this because other people told me this um then it does become a genuine puzzle as to like okay why am i so certain of that belief like why why do i have such a high degree of justification um you know like why do i feel so justified in holding that belief so you know i think it is a real like philosophical puzzle um you know like why do we give testimony so much weight because everybody gives testimony a lot of weight there are people who realize they do this and people who don't realize they do this but that's the divide it's not the divide is not between people who trust testimony and people who don't the divide is between people who realize they trust testimony and people who do not realize this okay Mm -hmm. so um the question is just like we have knowledge So how do we have knowledge? Um, And I think there are plausible answers to that. So I don't want to just treat this like, oh, this isn't even an interesting topic. No, it's a super interesting topic. But um, that doesn't change the fact that like, you know, these skeptics are just dead wrong if they're saying that testimony is epistemically worthless.
0: Um, So how do you think about something like the creed in 1 Corinthians 15, where there's like 500 people um, who apparently saw the risen of Jesus, according to this creed, like, for example, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, there's a claim and it seems like that would be like some evidence for the resurrection. And maybe you could point to things that like, maybe it's ambiguous or maybe like Paul's unreliable in general or whatever, whatever you want to say, not saying I actually believe these things. Um, but if you did, maybe there's some evidence against it, it kind of outweighs the idea that there were 500 that saw Jesus. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, well, I certainly don't deny that it's evidence. I just don't think it's very good evidence. Like mm-hmm. there's a, I mean no one could deny there's a difference between one guy saying that 500 people saw something and actually having 500 independent accounts, you know, like one of those, it puts you in a much better position than the other. Um, so again, neither one constitutes proof. It's just one of those is stronger evidence than the other. Um, so I don't know, like I, when it comes to that, it's, it's like, I, like I said, I don't deny that it's evidence. It's just, um, I don't really see why it would move me that much, like, that people saw Jesus. Um, there are many ways to explain, like, appearances like that. Um, some of them are more skeptic-friendly and some of them are less skeptic-friendly. I think there's, like, a continuum of explanations here. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think... Like, I'm happy to factor that in, but I just don't see why it would really, like... um, Like, force people in my position to like, you know, we're going to have to, like, say some pretty irrational things um, in order to, like, square our position with that kind of evidence. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I just don't, <laughs> I mean, like, I, this this is not uh, to, like, subvert anything that I just said, but um, the idea that I should really care that much, that there were, um, you know, a few people a couple thousand years ago, who saw their religious leader after he'd been murdered um that doesn't really like shock me like it doesn't really it's like whoa that's totally incompatible with my like naturalist worldview that people would you know not even just like think that they saw but like because I mean again we just have this one report but like even if you grant no there were 500 people who saw Jesus like after his after his murder it's like um okay well that's not like incompatible with naturalism like post-death appearances are um actually pretty common um i've been reading dale allison's book um not about the resurrection but about like um like kind of mysterious things that happen (laughs) in our world i guess um and it's really interesting because um you know it's actually really common for people to see dead loved ones um after their death and uh, people are afraid to talk about it because they think it makes them sound crazy or something. But um, there were these, there was this study it was somewhere in one of those Scandinavian countries where they were asking um, people who had just lost like a spouse in the last year. they were like, have you seen your spouse like after their death? And um, one person out of 50 said that they had seen their spouse, you know, um, post-mortem and that person was like kind of a mystic or something and the researchers were kind of like um you know surprised by that you know because they're researching this phenomenon so they've obviously thought that more people than that would would have seen it like they, they for some reason they were investigating this to begin with so they were surprised by the fact that only one out of 50 people they talked to said that they had seen their dead loved one um so then they they went back and they rephrased some of the questions And they kind of couched it in like, by the way, this happens all the time. It's really common. It doesn't mean you're crazy. Like, this is a really common occurrence, you know, and then once they did that, the number went from one in 50 to 25 out of 50, you know, so it went from 2% to 50% because they asked the question differently. And they were like, by the way, you're not crazy if this did happen to you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that like this kind of thing is actually Common and like, I actually had a friend growing up who saw his dad like a couple days after he died. Like, he walks downstairs and like his dad is just sitting in the recliner, you know, like where he always sat. And then my friend, like, you know, ran out screaming. Um, and you know, I just never knew what to make of that story because he was adamant, you know, like he it's not like he he ran away and then he woke up in his bed, it's like he ran out of the house, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, and he and he I was like, well, was this like a Faint like in your mind's eye, or something. He's like, No, I I saw him as concretely as I'd ever seen him. Um, you know, and I just, I mean, this was in like, you know, like freshman year of high school or something. Um, but anyway, I'm just saying these kinds of post mortem appearances, uh, however you want to interpret them, um, it is a fact that lots of people have them, you know, and uh, I don't know what they mean. Okay. But I'm not going to discount the experiences. Like I'm not going to say, No, that didn't happen or something. Um, no i i mean i'm i'm open to a range of explanations on this but um yeah <laughs> that was not the mm-hmm. most direct answer to the to the 500 <laughs> i'm just trying to say I, it's, i'm not trying to say oh it's just a hallucination you know or like trying mm-hmm. to be like totally dismissive about it I, I am a little dismissive about the evidence like oh i should be a christian now because some people say they saw jesus after his death that part i am a little dismissive about but just i'm not really dismissive about the experiences like i think that they might have basically happened as reported um but i mean you do have to admit just like having one guy say that 500 people saw something is i, th- I think you even mentioned this on twitter you were just like i don't see like the apologetic value in this like i don't mm-hmm. see why this would really budge atheists one way or the other and then there were a lot of people who came at you and were just like um <laughs> you know how dare you say this are you even a christian <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah seems pretty reasonable to me but Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Yeah, that did happen i've been reading dale allison on first Corinthians 15 and like he just like he's like like he thinks especially the first part is like a very early like real creed um and then he can like he looks at the 500 and he's just kind of like like who were they like where are they from like what was the nature of their appearance how could the corinthians ever verify it and it's like yeah like those are good points like if you're gonna make an apologetic argument i'm like emerson green like time to convert to jesus like those are tough questions that I don't really know if I have an answer to in the context of like an apologetic argument. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that. I think you did a good job though, because you kind of like helped emphasize that, like you can have evidence again for a view that's different than yours, but also have these other questions like maybe surrounding that that may be, maybe like lowered the like strength of like how strong the evidence may actually be. So,
1: yeah. I mean, just imagine that the opposite was the case, you know, like imagine, um, if we didn't have that testimony. So like, you can think, that it's not very strong evidence, but wouldn't the case for the resurrection be worse if that evidence wasn't there? Mm -hmm. Like, if you were trying to make the argument for the resurrection and you just X out all the stuff with the 500, like, doesn't that make the case worse? You know, so I think that, um, it would, like, if there were no five, like, if there were, there wasn't even a claim that 500 people saw Jesus, then, um, that would leave the case slightly worse off than it was before. But I'm just saying your view is incoherent if you say, oh, yeah, if you if you cross out that bit of evidence, the case becomes worse. But if you add it, it doesn't become better. You see what I mean? So it's like I think if you removed the any reference to the 500 um, or to Paul's testimony or anything, then the case for, um, you know, the resurrection does get worse, which means that if you put it back in there, it gets slightly better like you can't have it both ways it's like you take it out the case gets worse you add it case stays the same like that's logically incoherent so like yeah the, the 500 is not like zero evidence okay but it's just like you said it, it doesn't have a ton of apologetic value for someone who's you know an atheist or an agnostic
0: hmm okay so we talked about that um maybe let's talk a little bit about like intuitions um I recently released like a, a little video on this where i'm trying to make this case for christianity And i think intuitions are like some evidence like for god and whatnot um but i think a lot of people like especially in like the new atheist community think that like our intuitions um you could say about god or just like other things just don't matter so what are your thoughts on this emerson
1: uh i mean that's crazy <laughs> to say that intuitions <laughs> don't matter um because a lot of our intellectual life is ultimately based on intuition um like i remember sam harris saying something about this like years ago when i was you know full-on like you know new atheist and um you know sam harris said something like you know you'd be really hard pressed to find any kind of non-intuitive justification for like basic mathematical or logical truths and i remember i can actually remember where i was because i'm like that seems true but that is like that's terrifying you know (laughs) because like Mm -hmm. intuition you can't trust intuitions And like, you know, but like so much of our intellectual life is ultimately based on intuition. And then the more you learn about epistemology, the more you're just like, oh yeah, it is based on intuition. And that's fine. Like intuition is, it obviously has some epistemic value. It's a totally fine source of justification. Um, It's not like an indefeasible source of justification. Like if you have an intuition, then, you know, doesn't matter what evidence you have to the contrary. You had an intuition. It's like, no, intuition is just evidence, you know, again, like I think some people inflate the idea of evidence into something that it's not, like it's indefeasible evidence or it's proof or something. Um, but no, I mean, if something seems like it's the case to you and it's it's not inferential, I mean, that's what an intuition is. It's like a, an intellectual appearance, you know, so like you're exercising your faculty of reason, you're thinking about something and it's not inferential, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of What distinguishes an intuition from other kinds of intellectual appearances? It's a non inferential intellectual appearance. Um, So, if you think about like a really basic mathematical truth, you don't believe that based on a bunch of other beliefs you have. You know, like you don't think that one plus one equals two because you're making like an inference from something that is like more basic than that. You just see the truth of one plus one equals two. It's not based on anything else, it's not like inferred from something else you just see that and it strikes you as true. Um, So that's basically an intuition, you know, like a equals a (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's totally foundational, you know? Um, So I think that uh, I mean, well, well, everyone has, you know, intuitions like they have non inferential intellectual seemings um, where they just reflect on some, you know, they reflect on some proposition And it seems true to them, but it's not like it's truth is in light of some other truth. You know, that's kind of what distinguishes an intuition. Um, So it's the same thing as testimony. Everyone relies on intuition. There are just people who realize this and people who don't. Um, Intuitions are fine. If you got rid of intuitions, you would get rid of um, the foundations of math and logic and um, plenty of really obvious seeming things, I guess. Um, yeah. And I I don't know, like, I don't know if everything that's based on them would also disappear, but, um, yeah, a lot of things would go away. Like, uh, you know, all of probability theory would just go away if you couldn't appeal to intuitions because probability theory is ultimately based on self-evident axioms. So if you're talking about something that's self-evident, you know, that's an intuition. Um, But yeah, like, presumably, we don't want to do away with all of math and logic. So intuitions must have some kind of epistemic value, or else you have to get rid of all those things and be this like radical skeptic. So my spooky claim here, my pseudoscientific claim is that um, we're okay, like using math and logic is okay, which, you know, by extension means that intuitions are okay, and they do provide some justification. Again, maybe not like indefeasible justification, but yeah intuitions provide defeasible justification for you know whatever proposition it is in question
0: okay yeah that's super helpful so do you think that like how does this play into like the god debate um because you know maybe some people have like strong intuitions that like god exists or maybe have like people on the opposite side may have intuitions that, like there's like an intense amount of like gratuitous suffering like how does this play into like this debate
1: well i don't know if those strictly count as intuitions all the time i mean sometimes people use intuition as kind of interchangeable with like something that seems true to you Mm -hmm. um and like you know i can kind of you can kind of see what they're trying to say like in context usually so it's, it's there's no point like nitpicking or whatever but um you know like i don't think i have an intuition about certain things you know related to the god debate like i think it is kind of in the light of some other things But um, yeah, like gratuitous suffering, like I'm not sure if that's an intuition or not. Like I'm observing things and I'm saying like, I'm pretty sure that we could have had whatever, if there's some kind of good outcome that's coming from this, I'm pretty sure we could have had the good outcome without this suffering. Um, So that suffering seems gratuitous to me. Um, Is that an intuition? Well, it's definitely like an intellectual appearance, you know, like I'm relying on my cognitive faculties to work out whether suffering is necessary or unnecessary. You know or whether it's pointless or not and um you know so i'm sure there are there there are intuitions involved somewhere in there but um yeah i I mean you can't just discount intuition like categorically (laughs) you can't just say like oh Mm -hmm. intuitions they don't matter um but we can i mean this is not like a conversation stopper like i said it's not like indefeasible proof or something It's like if you have an intuition, that doesn't mean that you can just dust off your hands and like, oh, job done, you know, like I had an intuition. So case closed, argument over. It's like, no, you still have arguments after that. It's just (laughs) you can you can point to like if you have like an argument and one of the premises is just justified by intuitive obviousness, then like you have to say that's what you're doing. But like, that's fine, (laughs) you know, like um uh you can just state some pro like transitivity you know you can say like if a is better than b and b is better than c then a is better than c you know so like um i mean i could just i could s- that could be a proposition in an argument and then i could say Well, isn't that just obvious like isn't that mm-hmm. just like self-evident um so i would just be appealing to intuition there it turns out there are argument there are arguments you can give for transitivity but I'm saying, like, if that was a premise in an argument, I could just put it there and just say, isn't that obvious? You know, like, I, I mean, I don't see what would really be wrong with that personally. Um, I'm glad that people, you know, uh, question these things and examine them because you get all kinds of interesting results when you do. Like, like I said, there are there are there's a case to be made for transitivity. It's not just, well, it's intuitive. It's obvious, you know, um, so it's worth questioning seemingly obvious things, but like if you're trying to make an argument and like your justification is basically an intuition, um, worth flagging that. But it's like, it's crazy to say that like, Oh, that that's never a good justification. Um, no, it it is sometimes a good justification.
0: Mm. Okay. So intuition is definitely like, it's helpful. It's not like the end all be all, but it's helpful. I think that's a kind of good way of thinking about it. Um,
1: you mean Maybe like like anything else <laughs> like sense data, <laughs> like you know uh, like you know just because you heard something or saw something that's not the end all be all but like that is evidence you know like you get evidence from your sense data um mm-hmm. yeah and in, in, intuition i i don't know what principled case you could give to be like well i trust the seemings and appearances from my sense from my sense data but i don't trust the seemings and, imper- and appearances i get from exercising the faculty of reason you know, so mm-hmm. like intellectual appearances off limits, especially non inferential intellectual appearances, but appearances from sense data. That's fine. I don't see any principled way to distinguish between appearances and seemings like that.
0: It's almost like they like have like a good like holistic worldview. You should like be building in like intuition and evidence and scientific data and just mm-hmm. bring these all these things together to help develop like what we believe about things.
1: I think that's what a rational person would do yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: um speaking of what a rational person would do um is they would never say that god doesn't exist because theism is like unfalsifiable Um, right (laughs) what are you thoughts there (laughs)
1: um yeah i mean there are kind of two things there one is like oh i don't say god doesn't exist i simply lack a belief in god um i my main issue with that is that it just sounds inaccurate to me um like if you listen to people who say they lack a belief in God and they're comparing God to like Santa Claus and stuff like that well okay you obviously don't lack a belief in Santa Claus so it just seems to me they're not accurately reporting their psychological states you know so I mean honestly that is like my main issue with lack theism <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. that's not true like you don't just I know I'm I, I know I'm ultimately just like making this judgment based on how things uh you know based on uh your behavior and stuff but like I don't think you just lack a belief in God, like a cactus lacks a belief in God. Like you seem to have some opinions about <laughs> this whole situation, um, you know? So I, I feel like they they do have an opinion. They do have doxastic mental states, you know, about the proposition God exists. They think it is the case that God doesn't exist, or, you know, they think it's not the case that God exists. Um, so they do have a belief. You know that that's all a belief is you just you think that something is the case like mm-hmm. you affirm a proposition you know not with absolute certainty you just think that it's true you know so like mm-hmm. if you think god doesn't exist that is equivalent to saying you believe god doesn't exist um so i don't really get the whole theist thing i mean first of all like i said it um doesn't sound like an accurate reflection of their mental states because they seem to have pretty strong opinions about the whole thing I don't think that they just you know like a baby lacks belief in God and like I look at like Matt Dillahunty and I'm like I, that's these are totally different cases you know like it's not the baby and the cactus and Matt Dillahunty like they're not all in the same box okay they don't like <laughs> like one of them is capable of forming opinions about God and you know it's like 90% of what he talks about it's just weird to say like oh, I totally lack a belief about this thing um, you know like i i just i have no opinion about the proposition god exists i lack any mental state one way or the other like a belief is just a mental state in which you think something is the case okay so like (laughs) again Mm -hmm. it just seems unavoidable just using the standard usage of like basic terms you don't lack a belief in god so anyway it's just it's aggravating to me because like i said it just sounds like I'm not claiming like, oh, there's like some objective dictionary and they're in violation of it or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. you are not accurately reporting your own mental states. Like, that's kind of why lack theism bothers me. But anyway, sometimes the justification for this is tied up in what you mentioned, like that theism is unfalsifiable. And it's like, oh, well, theism can't be falsified. So uh, it's a bad theory and and should therefore be rejected. And my main issue with that is that I think there's evidence against theism. <laughs> like I think there, I think that gratuitous suffering, which I'm pretty sure exists, is evidence against theism. And divine hiddenness, which obviously is the case, like that's evidence against theism. Um, so if theism were unfalsifiable, that would be impossible. <laughs> like there, there's no evidence against unfalsifiable theories. That's why they're unfalsifiable. You know. Um, I think some people again they just have such a confused notion of evidence that they they sort of conflate it with proof and they're like well there's no way that i could conclusively with absolute certainty prove that it's wrong therefore it's unfalsifiable it's like okay well by that standard everything's unfalsifiable (laughs) like that's Mm -hmm. a bad definition of unfalsifiability um because the list of things you can have absolute certainty about is pretty short you know so um if that's the standard, if you can't prove it with, like, conclusive Cartesian certainty, oh, it's unfalsifiable. Okay, that's a bad definition of falsifiability or unfalsifiability. Um, The, what actually makes something unfalsifiable is if there can be no evidence against it, you know, so there's no disconfirming evidence against the hypothesis. That's why the hypothesis is unfalsifiable. But if you think there's, like, evidence against it, you know, in other words, if there are facts about the world that make more sense on the hypothesis than um, the negation of it, then it's not unfalsifiable. Like you know, mm-hmm. and the thing about falsifiability, if you think about it in that kind of probabilistic way, like it comes on a continuum. It's not this binary thing like it's either falsifiable or it's unfalsifiable and those are the two binary options. It like comes on a scale because a, a theory can make more predictions and stronger predictions. And it would get better evidential support, you know, because it does that. Um, and then there could be a theory that is very similar to it, but doesn't make as many predictions, and the and the predictions are not as strong. Um, so it's like, you know, they're both falsifiable, but one of them is like more falsifiable. So it's not this binary thing; it's a continuum. But if you're talking about a theory that is like on the far end of the continuum, that's unfalsifiable then it, um, there's like no evidence, there's like no conceivable evidence that could work against it. Um, But the problem with that, like if you remember what I mentioned about the 500, where I'm like, if you remove the 500 from the case for the resurrection, then the case for the resurrection gets a little weaker. And then so that means that if you add it to the case for the resurrection, then the case for the resurrection gets marginally stronger. Um, Like you can't have it both ways. Um, So it's kind of the same thing with unfalsifiability, like if there's no evidence that could be raised against it so it's an unfalsifiable theory then there's no evidence that could be raised for it either so like that's why you shouldn't believe in unfalsifiable theory because there's no evidence for it there's no evidence against it but there's no evidence for it because you know evidential support and disconfirmation they go hand in hand like that you know it's like a two-way street you know you can't have evidential confirmation but there's no possibility of disconfirmation um so theism I say, is not unfalsifiable because there's some evidence for it and there's some evidence against it. That's not possible for unfalsifiable theories. So you cannot simultaneously say, oh, the problem of evil is this big problem for theism. Oh, hiddenness is, you know, a really good reason to think theism is false. Um, You know, religious diversity is good evidence to think that, you know, like the Christian monotheism is false or something. You cannot say that and theism is unfalsifiable because if something's unfalsifiable then there can be no evidence against it you know so like the idea that we're a brain in a vat is very nearly unfalsifiable um, because it's consistent with all possible observations. It's not just consistent with all possible observations but like all possible observations w- they, like they wouldn't confirm or disconfirm the theory you know mm-hmm. um so it's if, if it's not unfalsifiable totally it's like very nearly unfalsifiable the idea that we're a brain in a vat so that's part of why it's a bad theory. Um, but like, that's obviously not the case with theism. There is some evidence against theism. Um, and there's uh, some evidence for it as well. So it's like, unfortunately, so I think that maybe atheists say this for a couple different reasons. One is that theists have a tendency to not admit that there's any evidence against their view. And then, uh, you know, atheists are kind of reacting to that. And... um, I also think that maybe atheists have like a bad idea of of what evidence is and what like false what counts as falsifiable. So they think that like oh, theism is unfalsifiable because they always have some explanation for like whatever it is, like contradictions in the bible, like, you know, gratuitous suffering, divine hiddenness, religious diversity. They always add something onto their theory and then, you know, it's explained away. And it's like, that's not what unfalsifiable means. Like, it doesn't mean that you can add an auxiliary hypothesis to, like, reconcile your theory with the data. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's not what it means to be unfalsifiable. Um, so, like, if, <laughs> I mean, you can kind of illustrate this by just, like, trying to reverse it and be like, okay, well, I think atheism is unfalsifiable. Um, because no matter what evidence I provide you, you could always just say, "Well, this is a hallucination or something." Like there was this one guy who went on unbelievable. This atheist guy who said, like, um, you know, even if I died and went to heaven, I-, I would be like, "Oh, I've gone crazy." I'd be like, "Oh, I'm hallucinating." Um, you know, or he's like, you know, if Jesus appeared to me, I'd say the same thing, like, "Oh, I've I've gone crazy." So mm-hmm. it's like, you know you might just say that atheism is unfalsifiable because he can always explain the data. But that again, that's not what makes something unfalsifiable. Like just being able to say, Hey, my theory is like logically consistent with this. That's not the same thing as saying it counts as no evidential disconfirmation of the hypothesis. So like that atheist, like if he wakes up in heaven um, uh, or hell, <laughs> but if he, he wakes up in either one and he's like a, uh, Oh, I guess I've gone crazy. I'm hallucinating. It's like, okay, you can still think that, I guess, but like you have to admit this is pretty compelling evidence <laughs> that you were wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. If you can't admit that, then you are just not rational. Like, you know, so the, the the point is that like being logically consistent with the evidence, like having a hypothesis that is logically consistent with observation, that's actually not that high of a bar. And it doesn't mean that it's unfalsifiable. Like, what unfalsifiable is, you know, honing in on is evidential support and disconfirmation. Um, so yeah, like, just because theists can come up with with auxiliary hypotheses that like reconcile theism with observation, that doesn't mean it's unfalsifiable. Again, like if that means theism is unfalsifiable, then atheism is also unfalsifiable and is irrational and shouldn't be believed because you can always just come up with some crazy story, you know, that like squares Mm -hmm. your theory with observation. Um, So, again, that's just a bad understanding of what falsifiability means. Um, It has to do with evidential support and disconfirmation. And I do think there's evidence against theism. So, there's evidence against theism. So,
0: theism is not unfalsifiable. I think that's a super what like super helpful way of thinking about it is thinking about like, Oh, like, is, can there be like evidence for this view or evidence against this view? If the answer is yes, then like, well, then the hypothesis in some sense, like, or not in some sense, it just is like falsifiable mm-hmm. or, um, because you could just like get in a bunch of evidence and just show like, Hey, this is potentially contradictory or just be, like a really strong case. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's a good way of thinking about it. Um, here's the last thing that you sent me, uh, what if someone just says, and this is common, I don't believe God doesn't exist. Like, this, that, like, lack theism idea where it's just about, like, not believing that God doesn't exist? I know you talked a little bit about that where you kind of question, like, is that a real, like, state of, like, a belief that you can have or whatnot? Um, but, yeah, what do you think, Emerson?
1: Well, you know, we kind of already touched on this, but, like, I, I don't know why atheists die on this hill. Um, it's not very interesting. I just am petty and I can't let it go. So that's why I even talk about it at all. But it's just like, you know, Joe Schmid gave uh, like some arguments for uh, thinking of atheism as it's standardly thought of in philosophy, which is just the belief that God doesn't exist. Um, you know, so there there are arguments to be made here. But like I said, the thing that bothers me about it is people warping basic terms in epistemology like belief And also just inaccurately reporting their psychological states like that's kind of why the lackiest thing bothers me so much Um, because I don't believe that they lack a belief in God. Like, I think that I'm going to take their testimony seriously when they say God's like Santa Claus, you know, or leprechauns or whatever. And then they add like, oh, I'm not trying to like offend. I'm just trying to explain how I feel about this. And it's like, okay, you do not lack a belief in Santa Claus. You think that Santa Claus is not real. (laughs) Okay. So if you're comparing those things, you do not lack a belief in God. Okay? And yeah, like I said, all, all it takes is like a casual search of, you know, their social media history or like things that they've posted on YouTube or whatever and it is just so abundantly obvious that they think it is the case that God doesn't exist. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like they don't just lack any opinion on it. Um so yeah, like I said, I think they're just inaccurately reporting um their beliefs but I think that this comes to them once again not ever 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 engaging with epistemology and just watching Matt Dillahunty blather on about it Um, and they just are profoundly ignorant of the entire like field of study and that's why they have this kind of hang up where they're just like oh I don't believe God doesn't exist it's like what do you think a belief means and they usually have some like super inflated version of it and it's like no like just in epistemology which you guys are claiming to be like you know like i said the rational adults in the room um so like within epistemology which you guys claim to have a much better understanding of than theists um belief is used really casually it just means you affirm a proposition it just means you think something is the case that's it so like or you think something is not the case so like i think it's not the case that god exists okay well then i believe god doesn't exist that implies nothing about faith or like certainty, um, or like, you know, evidential support one way or the other. So yeah, just the like the hang up on saying like, they just so desperately don't want to say that they have a belief here. And it it just it, it drives me crazy, because there's nothing weird or wrong or irrational about believing a proposition. It's just so it's so I cannot convey how stupid this is, just to be like, Oh, I don't have beliefs. Like, I don't affirm any propositions. I don't think anything is the case. Like, what? Like, yeah, it's, it's just very annoying. Um, And it's the kind of thing that you could disabuse yourself of if you read three pages of an epistemology book. Or, like, like, it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not, like, an understandable mistake. Okay, it's like, I have never read anything about this subject ever kind of mistake. And it's one that, like I said, like, the, like, atheist experience crowd, they have decided to just die on this hill. And it's like... OK, I, there's I, like I don't know what else to, to say, really, um, other than just, you know, read any book about this topic. Like, don't read like Pop Apologetics or something. Um, actually, just like look into epistemology a little bit. And yeah, I mean, it just makes no sense to say that you just lack a belief in God. And besides, it's not an accurate report of what you how you actually feel anyway. Um, the way I think of a belief is just as a mental state, you know, in which you think something is the case. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, so it's I mean, that's it. So I mean, you have all kinds of beliefs, you know, like you believe that smoking causes cancer, you believe that humans evolved by uh, natural selection or something. Like, again, there can be scientific evidence for your beliefs. Okay, like it, it, there's just this like weird dichotomy between like belief and, um, oh, I don't know, what do they want to say? They say, "Oh, I don't believe evolution. I like accept evolution." Those are synonyms, okay? Like they they mean exactly the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to add. I think that's very well said. Well, um,
1: I will add one more thing, actually, because I said I don't know why atheists are doing this, um, other than ignorance. Well, actually, that's not totally true because they, my slightly uncharitable reading of it is that they don't know how to make arguments for atheism, so they just say, "Well, I see, I just lack a belief." I I lack a belief in God, so I don't need to justify that, you know, and it's like so they don't know how to give a positive case for what they think. So they, you know, construct this elaborate, um, you know, artifice where they're just like, oh, I don't have to like make a case. I don't have to like give evidence for my views because it's just a lack of belief. So, I mean, slightly uncharitable, but I think that's maybe why they want to die on this hill. Like they want to create this system where they don't have to defend their view because they don't know how. So they just say, Oh, it's not a belief. It's a lack of belief. That's why I don't have to justify it.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Perhaps. Um <laughs> anything else you I mean, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I'm like, there is something there. I just I don't know. I mean, I never was an atheist. So I can't really like <laughs> Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about like epistemology and like anything like about the topics we're talking about today, Emerson?
1: Well, I, I'm constantly trying to reel in my tone a little bit because no one like is just born understanding epistemology and epistemology can actually be very difficult. And I'm sure that I've made mistakes, you know, like in like just making this series about epistemology and stuff. So I don't want to present myself as like this, like, oh, I hey, I'm the epistemology authority, everybody. But like the stuff I'm talking about is fairly basic. Like, it's not like this is advanced knowledge or something. Okay, so I'm just trying to figure things out, okay? I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not coming here like, hey, everyone, I've done the philosophy. Like, time to listen to me. Like, impart my mm-hmm. wisdom to you. Like, I'm trying to figure out um, how epistemology works. Like, I, I'm trying to learn about it. And I guess it's just frustrating when I see other people not making that effort, you know, especially when I think they have a big platform that they're using very irresponsibly. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I appear to be in a tiny minority in the atheist community because a lot of atheists have just outright contempt for learning about epistemology. Um, So, yeah, I guess I just I don't want to give the impression of thinking I'm like, um, I don't know, inherently superior to like all these like stupid other atheists or something. But it's like um, I have actually made an effort to like learn about this topic. Like not even a big one. Like I've read a couple papers and half of a book that I'm part way through, you know. Mm-hmm. Already I seem to know quite a bit more than than other people. Like I said, a lot of this is like basic stuff, and I just wish atheists would put in more of an effort to like learn about epistemology. So um, because I'm not just, you know, like I actually do mean this. I want people to try to get better about it. Um, this is a book that's really good. It's an intro philosophy book called Knowledge, Reality, and Value by Michael Humer. Um, highly recommend to anybody. And like I said, I'm working through this other book um, about epistemology. It just came out, um, Understanding Knowledge about Epistemology. Um, same author, Michael Humer. Um, 20 bucks on Amazon. It's a. Uh, so Humer's like a, you know, he's like a respected philosopher and everything like he's he's made a ton of really valuable contributions to epistemology and he actually chose to self-publish this last book about epistemology um because textbooks are really expensive and like they're prohibitively expensive and uh you know they're often written in like an inaccessible style so you know like he chose to self he's been published on major academic presses like many times so he chose to self-publish um this book on epistemology because he wanted it to be cheaper and more accessible to people like both in its writing and just in its price. So it's on Amazon, 20 bucks, you know, you can probably get a used copy for less. And I think there's also an audiobook. So, I mean, look, (laughs) the information is out there and it's, I just wish people would make more of an effort. You know, I, I wish atheists would, would make more of an effort to learn about epistemology if they're going to, um, if they're going to present themselves as like, you know, living in the kingdom of reason and, and theists are just like hopelessly irrational.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's just an encouragement and like you could say the same thing to like to the Christian side, like just oh, yeah. keep growing and be better because there's a lot of things that like Christians say where we're like, oh my goodness. Um, at least for me. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, just be, just keep improving, and like you said, it's just a journey, and like it's not like you or I are like experts. Um, and you know, far more mm-hmm. than me on this. Uh, but it's just about that like growth mindset, and it makes a big difference. So, mm-hmm. th- thanks for coming on, Emerson. I really appreciate you. Uh, I, you're very like down to earth, but also like very intelligent. Like you do a great job of like explaining his ideas. Um, and not like this crazy jargon where everyone's like, "What on earth is this guy talking about?" Um, so yeah, I appreciate you a lot for coming on, and I enjoy a lot of what you're making and it's fun. Cause it's like, there's stuff where I'm like, there's stuff where I'm like, Oh, I just totally disagree with him. And there's parts where I'm like, yeah, I'm just like totally on the same page as him. And it's just, I enjoy it a lot. So thanks for coming oh, on.
1: Thanks man. I really appreciate that. It yeah. means a lot.
0: Um, how can people like one, like follow you, connect with you, things like that. And then two, like what projects are you working on in the future?
1: Um, well, like I said, I've got this, um, epistemology series and I don't know when this, um, this, interview or conversation is coming out, so um, this might have already happened, but I've got a debate that uh, I just recorded between someone who defends a limited God um, and someone who defends like an unlimited God, um, just, you know, comparing vices and virtues of those theories, um, so yeah, I, that should be out soon, um, Is between um, LDS Philosophy and Dry Apologist, um, one is a Catholic, one is a Mormon. Mormons don't believe in like this, like you know, super unlimited perfect being theism, like the Anselmian kind of theism. Um, so yeah, it's like a you know, limited God versus unlimited God. So I've got that debate coming out. Um, I've got more epistemology stuff coming out, and um, um, oh, I'm interviewing Dale Allison um in the next, I don't, I don't know, know. A month and a half, I think um about that book um Encountering Mystery and uh yeah i i really like that book in case um in case you're not familiar but it's it's cool it's got um you know it's got a lot of x-files stuff in there that i'm kind of into so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah. well that's sick well emerson thank you so much for coming on i'll leave some links down below um to your channel and to like your amazing top tier twitter feed that i'm sure (laughs) everyone loves um (laughs) and uh yeah thank you so much for coming on um if you guys are just joining us today and you're new to Hearing Apologetics, uh be sure to like, subscribe, leave a like, all that fun stuff. If you were joining us for an hour and nine minutes, surely you want to subscribe, right? um And yeah, that's that. If you value what we do, consider becoming a patron at patreoncom apologetics Give uh, Zach money. Stop. Holding out <laughs> <of him. laughs> I'm gonna take that little clip. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'll be like the words of an atheist. <laughs> I don't know. There's so, there's some sort of funny title I can put to that clip right there. Just just. Give Zach money. No intro. No you outro. You can put,
1: yeah. You can put. Me, you can use that blurb. You can quote me on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Um, we'll talk after we end the recording. But yeah, thank you everyone for coming on, have it or listening. Have a good one, and God bless.